Hey, he did a scene with Gary Oldman. So he did a drunk Gary Oldman <laughs> playing a completely different British. Almost missed life. his friend's wedding that he was the fucking officiant for. Officiant for yes, good DJ. That's what we could do next. Could do a a friends. <laughs> What we watch every episode together, or like that's review, that's, know, that's a long. It's yeah. funny that we mentioned that kind of right now because that does go with today's episode. A little, a little teaser right there. That's true. Oh, that's true. Didn't, uh, didn't think about that. Uh, you just wait and see, folks. Yeah. I know you're already waiting for it. Um, we're, we're warming <laughs> up here, just you wait and see. Show is about to go underway. Thank you for, for joining us, avid viewer. Maybe or we, you might be my wife. You might not be. I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, that's what I get. From <laughs> She's like, you mentioned Ruined. me. I'm gone. It's a I was like, damn. It's a movie toasty show here for you. Dennis and Adam joke about orgasms and sweet movie reviews. We talk about TV too, right? I, I think so. Yeah. 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 Hey, what's up, Adam? It's good to see you, my friend. And for you toasties oh. who don't know, this old man is another year older. Let's wish Adam a happy birthday. A little belated, yeah. I know, but yeah. it's it's uh, we'll get it in on the show here. Movie toaster Adam's birthday was recently. More, more importantly. Happy 178th episode. Uh, happy belated Hanukkah to those who just had Hanukkah. Merry pre-Christmas to those who are celebrating that. Happy right Kwanzaa. Right We're not saying New Year's because we get an episode before that. So fuck the New Year. We get no. It's all about 178, not 179. We, we, got, oh. we got a little time left. We got a little time left. How you doing, Adam? Yeah. I'm great, man. I mean, as you know, we recently just had Movie Toast the Festival the third annual version and it went off without a hitch. Uh, yes. Oh man. Fucking can't wait for next year. I don't know how we're going to top this year. I don't know if we can. I, you know, we keep saying that, but we keep doing it. So I'm not going to, I don't, I don't have any problems with that. I, I <laughs> firmly believe we will continue to make something interesting. Um, I'm looking for like you, I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm looking forward to seeing what short films we get to watch this next year. Um, mm-hmm. Our capital B films. Some are one of our favorite uh, submitters. That that team has done such Fuck great yeah. work. And yet and they again, tease they, right? they tease that they're coming yes. with a new genre next year. They don't know which one, but there's they're honing that in on is, something. Oh, that is one of my favorite things about those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. They are continuing to push those boundaries, push those limits, and find uh, what stories you know are interesting to them at that time continuing to rise to new challenges that is what is really interesting in storytelling hell yeah great work we but we saw so many our our golden toaster award winner was a fantastic uh representation mm-hmm. of filmmaking there in every department yet again which should all hell be yes the mark of that award and there not even in english that's right folks we yes. don't fucking specify what language your films in we don't care you don't even need dialogue there were some films without dialogue conveying emotional stories is the yes. important thing oh man god yeah getting oh locked in that fr- that was and <laughs> what's funny when we were watching that uh my wife was in the room as well and it was something that it was so impressive that even in that short um 
uh, now I'm, the title is escaping me. Bound. Uh, bound. Uh, even in the, in that the short film Bound, it was so fast. It went by so quick, but it conveyed mm-hmm. so much story and so much emotion in such a short period of time. Excellent work. I mean, again, this is why it was so hard it, for us to whittle down the films look, that we what were. You just gonna- said what you said right there about your your wife being in the room. It's funny because you and I have we've watched the film so many times. We deliberated over everything. We've watched the festival a, a time or two, but when you and I are backstage watching it together and just hearing you and Val talking and her comments and reactions to things that made it fun. That made it yeah. made me wish we're back in a theater doing it to get a whole reaction. But I like the fact that we can simulcast out to everyone in the world at once. That's the nice beauty part yes. of and movie the, toast, the festival. As, as with our, our first uh, year's winner, Still one of my favorite films of all of the shorts we've ever shown, mm. uh, which there are many. Don't please don't get me wrong. Yes. I have a lot of I have a lot of favorites. That's just, you know, high up there with the others. <laughs> but uh, Madame Grenier still mm. was so fantastic. And to be able to share an, another, you know, a film from France to come around the world. We have films from Canada. We had films from Spain this year. We had like. Oh man, I was Listen, that was exciting. Even this podcast right here, we're getting downloads. Our top downloads currently is uh the public of uh what Iran, I think. And oh, like true, a while yeah. ago, we used to have like a crazy Irish following. Like you never know what's gonna hit, right. where it's gonna hit. And then you even if they don't speak English, streams, something. Uh, we just had a lot of streams from Japan. So thank you for mm-hmm. joining us. Uh the Japanese fan base or the folks joining us from there. It's really great to hear. I hope. Uh, the, your fandom of film will uh, keep you coming back. <laughs> Without right. further ado, though, I think we are uh, about ready for some poll action. What do you think? You ready? To I think there? you're right, dude. Polls. All right, Dennis. Up first, I watched the new Disney animated film Wish and talked about it and reviewed it on episode 177. Uh, so I wanted to know which modern day Disney animated film is the favorite of the Toasties out of Tangled, Wreck It Ralph, Big Hero 6, and Zootopia. Please don't worry Big about Hero the crawl where it's Big Hero <laughs> and 6 Zootopia. Yeah. Good, that was good. a typo. Apologies. And I even proofread I, these. Not good enough. I hate to good admit, um, I still haven't You've seen none of these. Six. No, no, no. You gotta get... I gotta get have... I it's really a fanta- liked it's... watching Tangled in theaters. First okay. time I saw that was in 3D. So that movie mm. looked really fucking good. The uh, That scene when they're on the boat in the lake with all of the candle lanterns floating yeah. around. Yeah looked so awesome and the songs were really good in that movie i thought tangled was, was beautiful wreck it ralph scratched that gamer itch in me though and mm. I really like the story there is fantastic the mario and fantastic. sonic on screen together oh see Riley fantastic cast killed it in that movie and i think for me it, Felix, i would have to go Penelope. to oh yes oh my god <laughs> just they're so good wreck it ralph i think is probably what i would go with but I'm honest, with you. I've only seen two. I haven't seen Zootopia, so I can't speak to it's, that. It's all right. Let me tell you. Big Hero 6, fantastic. Zootopia, fantastic. Wreck It Ralph, I think I love the most. I see, I see the appeal in, in, in Tangled. I get it. But uh, I, I highly suggest, little known fact, Big Hero 6, technically, 
a Marvel movie. I think it's based off a Marvel comic. Which... I, yeah, the, right. It, it is actually a comic book based. Yeah, which is funny because it's. I think I've heard that theory that the Pixar universe is a part of the Marvel universe now. Like it's a dim, or some mm. shit, you know. By extension, it is some right. dimension that exists within the Marvel universe because of this possibly leap, right? But. but all right, so the Toasties have spoken, and if you're wondering, if you're new to the show. Who the fuck are the Toasties? That's what we call the listeners. But where are they voting? They're heading over to X at movie underscore toast. Normally every Saturday yeah. I put up some polls and that's where they vote. That's where these results come from. So surprisingly to me, 0% for Big Hero 6. Wow. 11.8% for Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe people yeah. just haven't seen it. There's a lot of love for that movie. What? What? These are yeah, not the results right? I was expecting. Okay. Okay. I was I was thinking Hero Six might get a little love, no love, but Wreck It Ralph got the least amount of love in second place, I guess, out of the votes that came in. Uh, we're going twenty three point five percent for Tangled, leaving sixty four point seven percent for Zootopia. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Jason Bateman as a sly fox. Fun times. I I, I like it. And, and they're making a sequel. Bateman now, right? Like it's. Yeah, I think fantastic so. in basically everything he says. <laughs> right? It's funny talking about Disney movies, how now they're releasing the three Pixar movies that came out during the pandemic in theaters in the beginning of 2024. I was at the oh, theater man. the other day and they put up a cardboard cutout for Soul. And like just to see it saying coming out like January 4th, 2024, I'm like, that's trippy. I feel like I saw this same cardboard cutout like four years ago. I can go home and watch this movie. And honestly, some of these movies I don't love, but I think I might go see them in theater just for the little support and love. I was going to say, what was the one right at the beginning that we all really dug? uh, uh, Was that the one we did commentary for? Onward? Onward. I mean, that's not, that's a Disney movie. Yeah. Came out right as the pandemic was really hitting right before things shut down. And we did a fantastic, in my opinion, uh, commentary track for that movie. Yes. Check it I out. Did. It's, it's earlier in the archive. Please. Yeah. And, and if you, if you time it right, you can line it up with your movie to watch with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're feeling so festive. But um, yes, no, that was that was a solid one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, what you got uh, next? Speaking right? of solid, I have uh, on episode 177, I reviewed the new Christmas movie, Family Switch. So I wanted to know... Which non-Freaky Friday body swap movie is the favorites <laughs> of the Toasties out of the Hot Chick, the Change Up, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, oh. and Freaky? Another Jason Bateman movie tossed in here because, I don't know. I like <laughs> good choice, Bateman. good choice, good choice. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised by some of these turnouts. I'm not going to lie. Numbers were interesting to me. And I like them. Nice. I'm curious what... I'm curious what your choice would be, though, because I honestly, I don't think I could guess because there's too many that are speak to me. Very Honestly, hard. I love the change up when it came out. So a screening of it with Rick, our our, uh, our, our guest host who comes again. We, we loved it. We saw it a couple of times in theaters. Jason Bateman, Ryan Reynolds swapping bodies. You think it's fantastic. Went back and rewatched it a few years ago. Didn't hold up as much. Loved you. Are a little, yeah. Watching watching those those characters switch bodies, act as one another, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But freaky, freaky. I I really dug freaky. Jason uh, Jason Bateman, uh, Vince Vaughn as the serial Vaughn, killer, yeah. but then swap bodies with like a teenage girl. 
it's kind of fun to watch in uh, a, a weird scene where this grown man wants to make out with this young young teenager it's funny and odd i don't know it's a really good movie the hot chick i enjoyed it when it came out i used to i have it on dvd somewhere have i watched it in a while probably not the, the, ah. Schneider, the peak schneider phase i would say yes that was when he was yes. really just in all of that all of that stuff deuce bigelow i guess you know I guess I'll say the change up. I don't know. A- any of these, do you, do you like any of these? I feel like you probably uh, haven't seen all of them. Uh, Jumanji was, was my choice. Fair uh, enough. That's I, cause to have all four of them having to mm. play so far off what their perceived like appearance was, right. what their perceived characters and interpretations were. I think they all did a really good job of nailing that sort of uncomfortable presence. Mm. I mean, you know, after a certain point watching The Rock on screen, he does just become The Rock, you know? But everyone, sure. I think, really did a great job of trying to play someone else. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that's why we have, we still have more of these movies coming. So true. That's my choice. Yeah. yeah. What about the toast? Definitely. What they have to say? So there is a tie for last place 15.8 oh. for the changeup and 15.8 for Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Figures. Look at that. We're at at the, least again, they got love. We are at the bottom of the list again. <laughs> oh, I guess that's just Fair a t- uh, thing here. Whatever we give a bad review to must be a good movie. Whatever we give a great review, maybe maybe a terrible movie. Who knows? I never knew this uh, is what our show meant. <laughs> right? And you just got to go with the flow, I guess. And then we, uh, for third place, 31.6% for Freaky surprisingly 36.8% for the hot chick. I put wow. the hot chick on there thinking it would get no love a movie from, I want to say what? 98, maybe 2000. Yeah. I didn't think there was that much love for Anna Ferris and uh, Rob Schneider switching bodies with one another, but well, apparently, okay. It's surprising enough. Yeah. Uh, there we go. They have spoken. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, guys. Right. That's, uh, interesting choice, but I respect it. I respect it. You know what you yeah. like. Um, maybe we're due back for right. yet another one. Let's let's hell yeah. Let's have Rob. Speaking Snyder of due for another again. one, <laughs> of no, you reviewed First Blood last episode on one seventy seven. and I think you're coming in for a little double feature review of uh, First Blood Part Deuce and uh, Oh Rambo Trez. I'm, I'm gonna do a, a one two punch of a couple of Rambo flicks if you're up for uh, two reviews in one. If that's cool, oh, I hope it. so. Let's do it. Mm. All right. So as you folks may have uh, heard in the last episode, I fell head over heels for the first Rambo film. That was a fantastic piece of filmmaking. And it's one of those that like, I finally understand the, uh, the importance that that film holds in the history of action filmmaking. It is so incredibly well done, but it was quickly followed up and over the next few years with a second and third Rambo film. And that's what I'm about to review. Uh, nice. Rambo First Blood Part 2 as well as Rambo 3 but first, Part 2 Army 6 June 69. Accepted special forces. Helicopter and language qualified. Expert in light weapons and guerrilla warfare. 
Sylvester Stallone is back as Rambo. Rambo is the best combat vet I've ever seen. His mission, to locate American POWs in Vietnam. Think you'll find someone? POWs? Doubtful. His orders, not to engage the enemy. He's got 36 hours to complete the mission and reach the extraction point. We're going down! You're not going anywhere. I'm telling you to abort. Double-crossed and left behind enemy lines. You're the one who's making the mistake. Yeah, what mistake? Rambo. And now, he's getting out any way he can. Rambo. What most people call hell, he calls home. Stop him. Sylvester Stallone is back. As Rambo, First Blood, Part 2. So this tells the story of uh, Rambo's called back into action. He's tried to live a, a, peace, a peaceful life. And um, he's... He's called Wait, back he's called back into action. Weren't people after him in the first one? And like, oh, he's in prison. And he was like a menace. Oh, okay, oh, Rambo oh. is in prison at the beginning of this one. See, and, I've never um, seen Rambo. His commanding officer is uh, is is like, let's we can we can cut your sentence short. Just come uh, do this job for us. But it's and he's like, oh, but it's, I'm sure it's really deadly. And it's like, well, yeah, of course it is because you you know we're asking a prison inmate to do this mission. Well, I guess I'll do it then because this is all the thing I know how to do. And that's my best. Uh, so so I'm, essentially. I'm sorry, for me, for me, this would be yes. uh, the beginning of uh, MacGruber's movie, where MacGruber's yes. called back into action. Okay, that, yes. I knew that was yeah. spoofing that something. Is, that is, yeah, yeah. There you go. No, that no, you nailed it. Um, so it's there are POWs that are in a being held in a base where they're trying to say we have no prisoners. There is very minimal military presence here. There's no like it's not worth it. Don't even go check it out. Uh, the U.S. government's even saying, like, it's not worth... There's no one to rescue. We've taken photos of the base. There can't be anyone there. But the intelligence says otherwise. So he is sent in by this third party, like a, um, a security contractor firm, more or less, that they are being backed by, like, the CIA to go and just... All right, Rambo, you just go in and take pictures. And, of course, when he gets there, he sees... He finds the... Uh, prisoners that are being kept there and they've been there for years now and he's not going to just walk away from them so he tries to plot a way to break them out and more or less the whole story of this film is it's he's kind of getting back into the groove of what he was doing it's like seeing Rambo check back into the office and he's back into his natural mm. environment he gets the bow back out again and do does cool shit with that um, but what I noticed immediately is this movie felt bigger than it needed to be right off the bat. 
the first time you see Stallone, he's way more jacked, way more. Ri- it was clear. <laughs> we get all this coverage of Classic. his body and his muscles, and it's like it's all these shots. There's just like, oh man, you're really just trying to hype up the. You know, you got the uh, Schwarzenegger movies going. You know, you've got all of these other big uh, action and sci-fi movie franchises that you're trying to compete against, and we've got to really like punch into what we're trying to sell here. So of course, we got to see him with a couple of guns, and we see his fucking etched body and. I was, <laughs> it just immediately hits me with this thing of just like, oh, okay, all right. So we're going to take the things people talked about the most in the first movie, and we're going to just make a whole movie about that. Fair enough. Heck I get yeah. It. We wouldn't have 10 uh, fucking uh, Fast and Furious movies, or 12, I guess, actually, if it weren't for people just kind of expanding on similar concepts over and over again. And this is what we have here. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing, so to speak, because they actually do it pretty tight. It looks really good. The struggles he goes through, nice. the locations we're in, I mean, it's it's still, it's shot in the jungle. The stunts look awesome. The explosions and the gunfire are all larger than life. So as long as you're just trying to scratch the sort of action itch, it's still pretty solid. And I kind of, I still enjoyed it. It was just not the impact that the first film has. So that's why I'm going to give Rambo 2 two and a half slices. Um, it's, it's still fun, but I mean, it's not a four slicer like I gave the first one. It's just clearly, all right, we're going to start making more of these. And even when this film ended, it still felt like, okay, we're obviously leaning towards another one, which of course, that sends me right over to Rainbow 3, which again, <laughs> with the titles of the movies, First Blood, First Blood Part Two, Rainbows Three. We're not even thinking about it anymore. We're just going to give it to you again. I mean, give now, it, give it what the people want. They just call it Rambo. They don't care about the First Blood. Exactly. You can't have First Blood Part Three. It's like that's Third Blood. That's crazy. Third blood. We, we we've got three quarters of your blood now. This mission's important, John. I want you to come with me to help me lead the team. What do you say, John? I put in my time. What's that mean? It means my war's over. He never draws first blood. He only fights back. The first time was for himself. The second time was for his country. This time... Rambo, something went wrong. It's for his friend. Trumpman was a good man, and I'm really very sorry. You're just leaving him? What do you expect us to do? Send in a Delta team? Create an international incident? What about me? By the way you look, I can see you have no experience in war, do you? Fired a few shots. That if you're captured, we'll deny any participation or even knowledge of your existence. Sounds familiar. Who is this John Rambo? You'll find out. he's your friend <laughs> but you cannot do this you both will die for what because you do it for me what do you think this man is god oh god we have mercy he wants who are you the worst nightmare stallone 
Rambo 3. I'm sorry I got you into this, John. What we get here is Rambo is trying to live peacefully, even though he's not really living peacefully, building temples. Uh, he's also doing bare knuckle street fighting to raise money to rebuild the temples that he's working on. And of course, he's called back into action one more time to go back into Afghanistan, where he's going to help the local population uh, fight up against the invading Soviet forces who are slaughtering their people. And well, it's not the quite the same story. It's not a rescue mission, so to speak. This, it, I just, we, I feel it right from the get-go. As soon as this movie starts, it's like, okay, yep. We are just kind of cranking out big explosions, more fighting, machine guns, muscles. Uh, I'm going to give this one two and a half slices as well. I know I kind of jumped ahead. Oh. Because there isn't that much Damn. to give here. It's a very basic story. And nothing was terribly impressive other than spectacle of the fights themselves. So, of course, he identifies with the local tribes. Um, they have little sure. means, but they still can fight against. And it's, the, you know, these are the same people we've actually fought against in our own modern wars to this day. So the irony there is kind of <laughs> on the nose. But um, mm. it's fine. Two and a half slices again, like I said. They were not the movies that they were, uh, that they came from. You know, like as, as fantastic as the first film is, the rest of the series is just nothing even close to that that first one. So huh. I, I'm glad I watched him. At least now I feel like I've caught up on something that everyone else, I feel like in a, many of uh, corners of the film watching world appreciated for the longest time. So now, I don't know, I guess I'm in on the joke and some of it's a joke. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Hey. <laughs> what, what about you, though? I think you got... Uh, some from another corner of the world I mean, that Rainbow hasn't gone to. They didn't draw First Blood, but I got this new Japanese movie called Monster. この先生に叩かれて息子は怪我したんです。誤解を招く点があったかと思われば何にも誤解してないんですよ。麦野美奈子くんを叩いたりしてます。麦野。こんな先生がいる学校に子供預けられないでしょ。お母さん。僕はか
you think it's about a monster or a monster movie. I mean, in a way, I guess it is about a monster, but not your typical monster, a human monster. Uh, this movie kind of makes you look at the world at large and different perspectives on, on one instant. So the movie starts off. I'm sorry, I'm going to walk you through a little bit. So pretty okay, much okay. there's a, uh, a young school boy. I think I want to say the fifth grade. He comes home one day and he's bleeding from his ear. His nose is bleeding. He's all beat up. He, he's kind of distraught. His mom asks what happened. And he's like, Mr. So-and-so, I forget the teacher's name, uh, did this to me. And he says, I have a pig blood and I won't learn until I, uh, sorry, pig brain. And I won't learn until I get a real brain. And like, it's just like, holy shit, this teacher abused his student fucking belittled him in front of his class. So the mother's like, fuck it. She went into school the next day and was like talking to the principal. She's like, your teacher physically assaulted my son and and called him kind of like not human. And I want results. And the principal's like, we're sorry. We'll look into it. And then she notices nothing really gets done. And she goes mm-hmm. back to the school multiple times. The teacher kind of he apologizes, but it seems insincere and you, he seems really slimy and like a piece of shit. And at one point he even pulls out a piece of candy from his pocket and he eats candy while he's in this essentially what should be a hearing for uh-huh. uh, abusing a kid, a student. And everyone just blows it off. And she, the mother, does not want any part of this. And you're like, fuck this teacher. This mother's doing the right thing. And we even hear from another student later on who's like, yeah, the teacher has been like hurting your son. And the whole class has seen it. And we're just keeping quiet because we're all afraid. And he tells this in front of the principal and all these other people. And then after a while, they decide to have a press conference for, for a conference for the pe- for the teachers of him admitting what he did. And then like a day or two later, the mother goes back to the school and sees that the teacher's still there. And she's like, what the fuck? And then, then we get a different perspective. We get the perspective of the teacher. And at one point when he's talking to the mother, he's like, your son's a bully. He's, he's been bullying this one kid. He's like, does your son have like weapons at home or something? And we're seeing from his point of view, we're seeing oh, him shit. disciplining okay. the kid, not even disciplining. He's seeing he's this kid bullying this kid. This is the and kid at one that's going to act out like this yeah. is the kid that's going to do something fucked up is what he's seeing. In a way, in a way. But oh, he doesn't brutal. actually, I don't want to say if he does or doesn't hurt the kid, but there is uh-huh. a scene where contact is made and it might be different from what the kid, what, what the kid told the parent. Interesting. And then okay. we see the okay. perspective of this kid, and and it's a whole different story of what's going on, and if he is oh, bullying another kid, what's going on, and it's just this interwoven story, and like you kind of change perspectives of who you trust and who you want to believe and who you follow. And we even learned that there's some fucked up shit going on with the principal. And I knew nothing about this movie. And this was a beautifully shot film and the acting was top notch and the writing was just superb. And it's just one of those movies that's like, Holy shit. Because at first you're like, Oh wow, this, this is terrible. This school's doing the wrong thing. And then like, maybe they're not. 
oh shit, maybe this kid's good. Maybe they're all good. And it was just a fun movie. Like the whole nice. time, you're not fully sure. Uh, it's playing in. Sl- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so unique to get all these different points of views. And it's not bland and boring. It's like everyone has their reasons for what they're thinking, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful all around. Uh, so I'm going to give Monster three and a half slices of the toast, playing oh, in limited badass. theaters currently. Uh, if it's playing near you and you don't mind reading subtitles, uh, mm-hmm. I'd say it's definitely worth checking out, I think. Nice. Nice. Yeah. There we go. I think we got our first uh, tag team of the night coming up next, though. Ooh, yes. I think so. All right. A new Netflix movie. Maybe not new. It's been out for a bit. Want to tell the folks about it? That's right. It's a little flick starring uh, Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, May, December. How do you choose your roles? I want to find a character that's difficult to, on the surface, understand. Were they born or were they made? It's such a pleasure to meet you. You are so sweet. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for doing this. It's so generous. Well, I want you to tell the story right, don't I? We're taller. You look taller on television, but we're basically the same size. We're basically the same. Feels like things just settled down, and now y'all are making a movie. It's a very complex and human story. I think it's hard to trust that you're going to represent Gracie as she was. I'm going to try. Do you remember when you first met? You came to the pet store looking for a job. It was summer after sixth grade? Seventh. Why do you want to play me? When they sent me the script, I thought, here is a woman with a lot more to her than I remember from the tabloids. What would make a 36-year-old woman have an affair with a seventh grader? People, they like see me as a victim. I wanted it. I already have an idea of what it must have felt like. What? Sneaking around with you. I shouldn't have said that. Why would you want to play someone who you think is a bad person? It's the moral gray areas that are interesting. She's getting on my last nerve. She's just everywhere I look. Why can't we talk about it? If we're really as in love as we say we are? Insecure people are very dangerous, aren't they? So this is an interesting perspective of this story. So we're we're coming in 20 years after the actual event that takes place that this film is kind of centered around where a adult woman has an affair with a high school student who was underage. And at this point in time in their lives, they're actually married, have two kids together. They've lived their lives. Three, three kids. Three kids. You're right. Three kids. And they've just bared through everything. Um, there's the ex-husband with the previous marriage and everything that still exists. And we don't really talk to those kids very much anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's very awkward when we do interact. But a movie is being made 
about their story. Natalie Portman plays the actress who is playing Julianne Moore's character in the film. And she's uh, taken the opportunity to spend some time living with the family, living in their home to learn much more about Julianne Moore's character, uh, the, the woman she is to try to portray her correctly in the film. And it just starts stirring up some dark, twisted situations where as she's diving deeper into the psychology of the character, she's trying to emulate her more and more and kind of getting her fingers into the issues that already exist within the family. And this is where this is really how the film like starts unraveling. This is what caught me in the trailer. I'm like, wow, the plot of this is like disgusting and horrifying, but I'm fascinated mm. by it at the same time. Um, right. It strikes me as something that should be very demanding of the acting prowess of two very talented actors between Moore and Portman. Immediately, I was just like, yes, I'm in. I want to check this out. Um, I don't know. What was your initial reaction to when I mean, talks about like the story I, of the film, I guess. I didn't know what the story was. I didn't want to watch the trailer. I just wanted to go in. And I honestly, for some reason, I thought it was a story. And it, here's what I thought I thought the movie was going to be about like a teacher having a relationship with a student. But I thought it was Natalie Portman was the student and she was in a relationship with Julianne Moore, who was the teacher or something oh, like that. Okay. And okay, okay. so I, I was, it was a little different, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised when the title card came up and I saw it was a Gloria Sanchez movie. I'm like, okay, Will Ferrell's production company's doing this. This is different. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a comedy, but yeah, I thought very interesting setup, very intriguing premise, something that's happened loosely, you know, stuff like this happens in real life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I thought this is a cool take because we're seeing someone doing their research. We're seeing how it affects the family. We're seeing the family. We're getting different takes. But I felt like the movie just dragged on a lot. And a lot of this oh, could have been condensed dude. into... Yes like a shorter movie and it could have been a little more snappier. Like we're just seeing mundane things. I know we're learning a little bit here and there, but nothing is really be happening or being done yes, until dude. the very end. I feel like like a two hour runtime. We were getting these tiny little bits. We get like, we establish who everyone is. We're, we're learning a little bit about the story. We're learning about the timeline of how things took place, but it's like every single climb up the ladder. You feel every, mm -hmm thing take place and it just starts getting really old and starts dragging and i'm kind of looking to to our cast you know to keep it interesting mm -hmm. and it's like their character traits oh. are just so played up and like you have the when uh when gracie gets uncomfortable or anxious she has her lisp that like yeah yeah it sounds super obviously super fake right off the bat sure but it sounds so forced too in each of the mm -hmm. scenes like like an actress needing to have something to work with on, on stage or something. And honestly, and, uh, none yeah, of these actresses, like you said, they, they're powerhouse actresses. They're phenomenal actresses, but yes. the characters are so like, there's nothing. I, I kind of despise most of the characters and they're not interesting or original. Like, I don't really care about Julianne Moore's character. She's annoying. Uh, Natalie Portman's character is just kind of stoic and you can tell she's stirring up trouble, but yeah. she doesn't really have any need or purpose. She's overstaying her welcome. The, the husband I was intrigued by, especially when he's texting someone else and the kids were oh, kind of interesting, but, but he, I'm the sorry. main two characters, I don't know. 
I don't want to rag on it, but the the guy playing the husband was not strong enough for for me no. throughout the film. He couldn't. He could not stand up against. He was all over the, the place. People. Oh my god! And it was just felt like it just felt so shallow. The delivery throughout everything when he had people who were desperately trying to dig at their dialogue and the script in mm-hmm. order to play some sort of character on screen. And then even then what they were showing just wasn't anywhere. You know what's funny? I had someone, I was trying to explain this movie to someone recently and they immediately said back the same thing I thought in my head when I was watching this movie and what Val said to me as well when we were watching this movie. It's like trying to watch Natalie Portman do Black Swan again, but not as good. Mm. And it's, it's, We've seen see that. this inc- beautiful, beautiful performance of this broken, shattered soul, sort of like trying to create this idealistic image of the thing they're accomplishing using, e- like just digging down into the deepest parts of themselves, tear- tearing themselves apart in order to throw what mm. they have up in the in front of the audience in front of them. We've seen it before and it was done way, way, way better in another movie. Sure. We've seen Julianne Moore be the unfaithful wife way, way better in a couple other movies before. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, man. I And I feel like this, it, this we, I want it so much me. more out of it. I want it more conflict. I want it more story. But it just, things just happened and it felt like a mundane life. And I get that's what they're going for. And I don't want to say I totally hated the movie because there's aspects I kind of liked. I will say it's shot beautifully, I think, for the most part. It looks nice. Yeah, the setting is is okay. It's yeah. It, the one I thing like that very weird to me. Yes, was, yes. It's not. Cool. It's not based on a real story, but for some reason it takes place in 2015, and we find that out at the end. I think, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why is that necessary? You're like framing on these certain things. That. Maybe to limit certain aspects of technology so that they didn't Maybe. information didn't move too fast. I guess, but I'm not really. I don't know. I'm with you. There are so many. I feel like unnecessary details. The sets constantly felt underdressed. Like they had these random mm. moments of just like very empty rooms and things. And just, I don't know. There's there were scenes where it seems like we kind of just turned up on the day, banged it out and moved on. And this whole movie kind of felt sort of rushed. Even though it's two hours long and it feels like it drags as fuck, nothing quite sunk its teeth into me. And I just, I couldn't get excited about this one. I was I was very much looking forward to it. I was looking forward yeah. to this uncomfortable dark storyline, and I'm like, I kind of wanted to be disturbed by what sure. was happening. And the only thing I was disturbed by was how much I didn't like this movie. Um, I'm going to give right. it one and a half slices of toast. I wanted to like it more, and there were things that I'm like, I can see what you were going for. It just never lined up for me personally. Maybe there's something mm. else in there I just can't quite identify with, but. I don't know, man. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't give it more than that. Like the posters in the stills I've seen of the movie and the premise, I kind of w- expected a bit of a thriller, maybe an erotic thriller. Something right. I wanted so much more out of it. Uh, but yeah, it is I thought it something is. was going to happen with uh, Natalie Portman and their kid. Like I thought she was going to yeah. follow. Like I thought she was going to follow through. I wanted to. Like I hate to admit it. I would rather that I was more disturbed. Watch the making of the movie like that happened. No, like, oh yeah, oh god, that or, was. Or, or why did you, like, you finally got to like making me? F- you achieved it, you know. Like the yeah. filmmaker finally made me feel disgusting, and they did it, it in the it, last few seconds, yeah. and then it ended. And I'm like, end it, 
end on a perfect note. But in another thing, like we see Natalie Portman's character kind of morphing and understanding her, like when she's talking to the director or the casting director, and yeah. she's like, yeah. these Hollywood kids, they all look, they're all right, but yeah. they're, they're not, not sexy, sexy enough. enough. And, so, and I'm like, holy so shit. Disgusting. I, yes, I, I, but that's, that's, that's what I wanted out of this movie. Exactly. And we never fully committed. And I and now and I I hate to say those words given the subject matter, but given the setting in that this is so much later after the initial event, mm-hmm. I get why we're treating it this way. Sure. I just don't feel like the rest of the movie followed suit. We just had these few sure. moments where we pushed it. We then just never lived there. And that's mm-hmm. what I think that's what would have shocked me. That's what would have kept. That's what would have shook me. Yeah, my core, and I would have been glued just because I couldn't believe that they, you know, mm-hmm. through. But they did. They did. Sure. It's, so you gave yeah. one and a half slices. One. And I a think half. I'm going to give it two. I'm going to give it two slices myself. Fair enough. Fair enough. I slightly liked a little more than you, I think, but I'm in the same ballpark as you. It could have been much better, but. You know, it, at least we didn't pay to see them theater. It's on Netflix, so we paid for the subscription. But yeah, it's there for free. Films, <laughs> yeah, you're getting your money's worth with the yeah, service. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh well, I nice. think you got a solo review up coming up next. I do. All right, What's so that? I got a new anime film right now from a very popular uh, anime studio, Studio Ghibli. Uh, they're the Ooh, people that yes. do uh, did the movie Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, Howl's uh, Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke, a lot of very big, acclaimed anime movies. And uh, the director of a lot of their movies, uh, very renowned director, uh, Heyo uh, Miyazaki, uh, it came out of retirement to do this movie. And there's been a lot of buzz about this. So I was pumped. I was I was I was ready for this. I saw it at the newly opened uh, Alamo Draft House in Boston. Kind of oh, a little let down by that, but wow. I'm talking about the movie The Boy in the Heron. Mahito. So you made it. Mother. Have a seat. It's this way, Mahito. of strange things happen in this place. I just hope he stays safe. Save me. Save me, Maito! What exactly are you? Your mother. She's awaiting your rescue. I'll be your guide. What is this place? This world is filled with the dead. I know it's a lie, but I have to see. I'm looking for someone. Let's go. We must protect this world ourselves. Go back, now! Marco! Marco! You and I aren't friends or allies, kid.
Gray Heron once told me that all Gray Herons are liars. So is that the truth or a lie? A the lie. truth. Mm. Mm. I think we have to be a lie too. All right, so this movie, uh, it starts off, there is a war going on in Japan. Um, a little bit of a period piece. Uh, a boy's mother dies in uh, collateral damage. And about a year after that, the father decides to up and move him and his son to uh, the area where his mother grew up. And they're going to live with the uh, sister, her sister. But what, what's very weird here is the father is marrying the sister of the mother and she's already pregnant. And they're like, well, this is your new mom. You're going to have a baby uh, brother or sister. And it's like, this is fucked up. A year ago, the mother died and you're just springing. His aunt is now his stepmother. I, I'm already kind of lost at this. Uh, but then it goes on. You can't really tell if the boy likes the mother, the new mother, or dislikes her. But uh, one thing leads to another, and she disappears. She's uh, almost ready to give birth, and she up and disappears. And there's a whole search party to find her. And uh, this boy uh, discovers a portal to another dimension. And it turns out that he has to go there because she's there. He finds out, and he has to find her. And it's like, all right, this is an all right, intriguing premise. But then it deviates and goes on these weird side quests. Like he has to go through this graveyard. There's some birds that are kind of attacking him. He then befriends like a fisherman woman. Uh, then he befriends. Uh, I don't. It, it's just all these random things happen. It feels it like they're like, like a lot of random well, Ghibli tropes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah, it feels like they want to make a Ghibli movie. And they don't know where they want to go with it. They, oh, they're just man. throwing things at the wall. Oh, and no. it becomes like a multiverse kind of thing almost. And it's just Which, so convoluted. That's new subject matter these days. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bullshit. I'm done with it. I think a lot of people are done with it. But it's like this movie looks beautiful. I liked it. But my brother, he kind of pointed out it's a little more animated, a little more CG, not as hand drawn. And it's like, yeah, but that's the times. I can I can forgive that. There's some very beautiful scenery in this, like the lands they go to, the creatures. It has the the flourishes of what you want out of Studio Ghibli, the looks of the characters. And don't get me wrong, I, I saw the American uh, dub version because it has a fantastic cast. You get Florence Pugh, Kristen Bale, Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, uh, Mark Hamill, Dave Bautista, and a bunch of other people. People awesome. giving great performances. Wow. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And needless to say, I assume the Japanese cast is great, but sure, sure I don't know. Sure. I, I'd rather hear these voices I kind of know. Uh, but it just didn't hit like the other Ghibli movies. There's so many better Ghibli movies, but it's still a treat to see an anime on the big screen, especially from a studio that we, I know and love. So I have mixed, mixed feelings on this film. If it was a more streamlined movie, I would liked it, but it just, the plot was so convoluted and just all over the place. It lost me, uh, but it was beautiful. Well acted, well directed. But just not there. I would say see it in the theaters if you like Ghibli, if you like anime, definitely. And honestly, I could be wrong because people love this movie. This movie's been rave reviews from everyone. 
just not for me, maybe. And don't get me wrong, I love anime yeah. movies. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. This one, not so much. I'm going to give The Boy and the Heron, I'm going to give it two and a half slices of toast. It's like the middle of the line for me. Okay, okay. Could be better, could be better. I don't know if it, it I guess it could be worse, but it could be much better, I think. <laughs> fair enough, fair I enough. I feel bad, yeah, but that's it, it sounds like, well, your reaction was kind of like this. I felt like the speed of the rainbow sequels I watched where, you know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't stop watching them. Obviously I went, I, I got to the third one, but I was still like, wait, what? But here's the thing. It's funny. I was sitting there. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this. I don't really care what happens to these characters. I don't care about the characters. I mm -hmm. don't care about the story. I didn't need to finish it. And it's funny. My brother's like, I wanted to oh. leave halfway through. He went out to fucking go vape. He was so bored and he, he paid for the oh. tickets and he was excited. And I'm like, I'm sorry, honestly, <laughs> I could have walked. I could have walked out too, but I am a completionist and I want to finish a movie I'm with you. Yeah, and I'm I wanted to know what happened. And you can kind of tell where the movie's going to go for the most part, but it just it lingers for way too long. Like my review, I think. We could talk about something else that we both watched uh, over let's on Netflix do, let's again. Let's do another tag team. This one I yeah. am quite excited for as I am a Same. big fan of the apocalypse, post-apocalyptic genre. But Leave the World Behind, available for streaming mm. now on Netflix. We both checked it out. I went online this morning and I rented us a beautiful house out by the beach. I figured if I made the reservation and packed our bags, it would eliminate most of the reasons to say no. This is nice. Kids look so happy. The Wi-Fi isn't working. Get a pad. I'm so sorry to bother you that this is our house. This is your house? driving back to the city then something happened you want to stay here but we're staying here we need to get them out of here they need to think everything's gonna be okay everything is gonna be okay isn't it we are seeing ongoing cyber attacks across the country something is happening and i don't trust them Everything I know, I have told you. I don't believe you. I would do anything to protect my family. What you do is your business. Get in the car right now! Haven't you been picking up on what's going on out there? It's happening to all of us. I just want to know what is the truth. All right, man. Uh, how about you crack yeah. this one off? All right. So this is a feature film based on a, a novel, I suppose. I don't know the novel, uh, but it's uh, written and directed by the creator of Mr. Robot, Sam Esmail. And uh, it stars Julia Roberts, uh, Marshall Lee, um, fucking Kevin Bacon, but he's barely in it. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, 
uh, and some other folks. It's a very minimal cast. So uh, Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke, our husband and wife, Julia Roberts wakes up one day. She's kind of unhappy. They live in the big city, New York, of course. Uh, and she just wants to get away for a little bit. She finds this beautiful rental house in Staten Island where they could get away and just spare the moment. We're going to take the kids. We're going to go on vacation. Cool. Let's do it. They go. And then they're at the beach and a tanker ends up washing yeah, ashore. A shipping, yeah, a shipping tanker. Yeah. Just plows into the beach, full speed, fucking no brakes, and and you know it's the spectacle you would think that would look like, right? It's right. It is incredible. The sound is huge. Everyone panics. We we run and sprint up the beach, and it's 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 that like I love that initial sort of like apocalypse moment of like like the first mm-hmm. meteor or the, the first impact the coming. It's, it's the oh fuck, but it's that unsettling calm afterwards of just like, we're just going to pretend that didn't fucking happen. Like right. we're not going to bother to try to figure anything out. Exactly. The internet's down. The phones are down. Everyone is kind of cool with it, except for Julia Roberts. And then things spiral out of control where the owner of the house shows up with his daughter, Julia Roberts, doesn't know doesn't know if she wants to believe that it's the owner and his daughter things seem a little yeah. fishy she doesn't understand they want to stay there but sense. ethan hawk is sorry he, he like ethan hawk is super aloof but from julia roberts yeah. you almost get a sense it's sort of a racial bias racist like as as, yeah yeah as soon as soon as a black man and his daughter shows up at the door of this house they're staying in, wealthy well to do oh this is your house like it's and, mm-hmm. and you're you immediately feel like this is where she's coming from. Whereas Ethan Hawke is just like, Oh yeah, come on in, you know, well, this must, you know, and it's where and he he says things that prove. Yes. He clearly is. If if he's not the person who owns the house, he, he knows the person he has the, the key to the cabinet with liquor. He knows where everything's located. And And it's still to to her chagrin. Ethan Hawke says, let them spend the night. They were in the city. There's a whole story why they're there. And things start spiraling. Weird shit starts to happening. Uh, and and it's just like, is there an apocalypse? Is is U.S. being invaded? Nobody knows what's going on. And it's unsettling loved- and interesting. Yes. I loved that. It's This is the slow buildup I can really appreciate because this is mm-hmm. where you can really soak in the talent of your cast and you're just watching yes like the kids were even great when they're looking out in the forest mm-hmm. and they find the shed and they see the, the they see the deer she just wants to watch some fucking right. friends man like, yes it, she's at oh, did you are, are you and did you and val have the moment i had you're like okay she's she's just binge friends she loves friends she lives friends does she realize someone looks exactly like her mother is on the show because julia I, roberts I has has her cameos okay if she watched every every episode there's a yeah exactly there's a woman that looks just like her in season two uh, just saying just yeah. saying uh that's what she tried to uh make a fool of chandler one time but um that was no that's a great call i, I hope other people notice that too or remember that detail at the very least um I would I would have hoped but yeah. there would have been a little dialogue. There's a oh that woman's really pretty. Like have her watching it in the background Something. and you know, yeah. Like, mm. the, maybe too on the nose, but I the the cast was fantastic in this one. Yes. And this is a slow burn that I really 
cherish every because moment. it pays off and it bubbles yeah. and it's there's something yeah. always visually happening the camera movements the camera uh setup the set design the locations everything is fantastic on this movie With yes music, like it was quiet when it needed to be quiet and then it would come up the uh when they were dancing listening to the record player going mm-hmm. through the record like i love that shit that, that that old banger from the 90s was fantastic that she put out right um it's I, I this one was really damn good, and there was very little that took me out of watching this movie. Um, even down to the very end, and I don't, I'm not sure if we want to spoil exactly like that. Last I don't think moment. we should say what happens, but that uh, that uh, needle drop in the way it ended, fan fucking tastic. I'd lo- I like. The, uh, I'm on board. We we l- let me just phrase it this way. Um, we own the same thing, and I watched it the same way. Yes, and the discovery, the discovery of what happens, the payoff for this one character, that is just so fucking beautiful. The life of this character is 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 set. Like it's honestly, I would watch a sequel to this movie to find out what happens next. They leave you wanting more, and in the best kind of way. That would be so. Or see another story told with other people in this happening. Do a Cloverfield type situation. I don't know. Over there, yes. Does he does he go fucking hard up and like snap and go crazy, or does he do exactly what he says? You know, we were talking about uh, mm-hmm. Fallout a little bit before yeah. we started recording. This this world feels like these would be the moments right before a Fallout like universe would begin, and that's one of the things I like about this is it's it at our current society's version of that realization. There's so many people that wouldn't even fucking notice when it kicks off Mm -hmm. and this is exactly how I would imagine it would take place for a lot of people. Um, Executive producers, the Obamas, Barack and Michelle. Are you trying to tell me like, these are the fucking documents (laughs) that went across his desk that he's like, by the way, Mr. President, this is the shit we need to watch out for. Right. I think we should make a movie and let's tell the people. (laughs) This is what could totally fucking happen because this is hundred like. percent. Jesus, yes. And, and what Marsh, uh, what Marshawn Ali was Marsh talking Marsh, about, yeah. like knowing a wealthy friend, with the the jokes about like the shadowy Dude, friends that they have and the warnings, so believable. Semblance, yes. There's some semblance of this. Like I totally believe this is a very realistic like possibility on Earth right now, Th- and that's what because. Beautifully terrifying about this movie, and that's why I really enjoyed this one. And we still we think we have all the facts, but we still don't know fully what's happening, who's doing it, and honestly, yeah. leave the world behind. I thought this was I didn't watch the trailer again for this because I like to go in blind. I thought it was gonna be a sci-fi space or apocalyptic, and it was so not what I thought it was, and I was so excited and happy that I had no clue. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, this I, I I'm with you too. I kind of thought it was going to be a, a big scale sort of like disaster film. No, this is end of society. Like this, this is. So I kind of wish I'd seen this on the big screen. I know oh, it played very limited. It would have played perfect. Yes. No, I. This is definitely one I'm going to hype. Especially for hearing the sound design. Oh yeah. Oh god. The oh the the sound. Right? Oh the, like the, the the piercing noise. Oh, that was terrible. We had to turn our fucking soundbar down a couple times because it was it was good. <laughs> that was that was on point. Um, I had a killer time, dude. Um, I'm gonna say right now, mm-hmm. I gave I'm going to give it three and a half slices. Um, this was 
it it was striking in that it was scary in the fact that it was felt like it was very possible, very realistic. It was well performed by everyone on screen, and it just it almost felt too real. Yeah, there's so many things about it. Yeah. That were just, too close to home, man. And then that's what I really liked about that trip. And I think <laughs> definitely worth watching, especially this day and age. Right. Uh, I'm with you. I think I'm going to give it three and a half as well. Don't know what's holding me back from the four. It's so close to being a four. But by God, am I... Like, honestly, this has been in my queue since it came out, I think, last week. And so it was mm-hmm. May, December, but this I was more intrigued by, by the cast and the creative people behind it. And I almost yeah. didn't watch it. But when you said you watched it, I'm like, all right, I want to jump on board and talk about it with you. Yeah. Even if it sucked, it would have been fun to talk about. I'm so happy that you, you said you watched it. We see as, as much that. of an American treasure as Julia Roberts is. We don't see her that often in film anymore. So when we do, I feel like, okay, she must have considered the script, gave it a lot of attention and if she decided to commit, this must be something, right? And True. same with like Mahershal Ali. I I, I really love that guy's uh, work, and he's got fantastic mm-hmm. talent on screen. Well, every and time I see him currently, I always think, all right, I can't wait for him to be Blade. I feel like he's gonna Ooh. fucking kill it as Blade. He man. would be so badass. Oh my god, that would be. That's gonna be. I'm so incredible. stoked. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's the that's the blade we always needed. <laughs> Sorry, Wesley. Right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love Wesley's blade. I am one of my favorite uh, comic book trilogies. But come on, a little fresh MCU blood, and the fact that they're fine tuning it, probably making it R, drop the budget so it can be grittier. I think they're doing everything right. they can to make it right. And yeah. he's not just going to do a movie for the fact that he could do it. He's going to do it right. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of doing it right, uh, I have a, a new movie that's coming out December 22nd. Uh, the new movie about a wrestling family named the Von Eric Brothers. Uh, wow. This movie is The Iron Claw. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing had ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. Morning. Pants tomorrow, please, David. Terry, I want you to join your brothers in the ring. Yes, sir. I love that. Now, we all know Carrie's my favorite, then Kev, then David, then Mike. But the rankings can always change. What do you want in life, Kevin Von Eric? More ribs. <laughs> I want to be with my family. You know, be with my brothers. What do you like to do with your brothers? Together, we can do anything. We're here to restore justice to the wrestling federation that our father built with his own two hands. The hands that were passed down to us. The hands that will deliver the iron claw to you. So what do you think? Like we're alive. I love your family, Kevin. Don't we, Uncle? Yes, sir. Oh, man, that makes me so happy. I talked to you about something, Mom. Dad's too tough on us. You gotta say something. Baby, that's what your brothers are for. Feel that? Ah. You feel that? Ah. That's pressure. You're pushing too hard. I'm fine, Kev. Seriously, I'm just sick. 
gum scared me. It all had a control. Think about my family. Your job is to wrestle. Live up to that deal or we are through. I told you to look out for him! I just love being out there with you guys. It's the only thing that matters to me. The Bonner will forever be the greatest family in the history of wrestling. Once again, didn't really know much about it. I knew it was about wrestling. I knew it starred fucking uh, high school musicals, Zac Efron, uh, The Bear and Shameless's Jeremy Allen White. And honestly, that's about all I really knew about it. And uh, I don't care about wrestling. I didn't even know that this was based on true life stories. But boy, was I hooked. So essentially, they set up that there's this family. uh, they, they, They love wrestling. The father was a wrestler, didn't really work out for him, but he ended up making up his own wrestling syndicate. Uh, He had his own thing going down in Texas. He had his own show and he had these sons who he wanted to raise to become world heavyweight champions. And he pushed these kids so far. And we even hear early on that the family's cursed. And it's like, okay, curses, that's bullshit. But we're watching essentially a 10-year period with this family. And the things that they endure, it makes you believe, holy fuck, there could be a curse on this family. Because there's some fucked up things that happen. And Mm -hmm. it's brutal. It's intense. And uh, we're kind of following everyone. Everyone has a unique story going here. And what I like is uh, the dad uh, is a whole... McCallany, I, I think his name is. Uh, he was the uh, the older guy in Mindhunter, and I always get kind of oh, excited yeah. when I see him because he's a pretty good, yeah. good actor. Oh, he's great! Oh, and uh, everyone is giving fantastic performances in this movie, and it's shot so sexy. It has has a film look to it. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if it was or wasn't, but the the needle drops, the the soundtrack for this just puts you in that time period, and it is so. Uh, it's fun. It's uplifting, even when it shouldn't be the music and the, the set design is, is amazing. And the actors are going balls out the transformation that Zac Efron made. Like he looks like a, a mesh of like Lord Farquaad on like fucking steroids or, or Prince Adam as a caveman, <laughs> her, uh, He-Man as, as a caveman. And then That's Jeremy awesome. Allen White, who used to be this skinny little guy is all bulked up. And you can tell that these guys went through changes and they practiced wrestling and they took it seriously. No one yeah. half-assed a performance in this movie. Uh, Lily Collins is fantastic in it. Uh, nice. More tyranny is great. And like, so we're pretty much watching... Zach Efron's character, but we're seeing everyone else, but he's the first one who's kind of in line to become a world heavyweight champion. One thing or another happens. His brother, who was going to be an Olympian, uh, the Olympics was canceled that year because of tensions with, I think, Russia. So America pulled out of it. He came back and then his dad's like, you know what? You should wrestle. You're going to take over. I want you to be the world heavy heavyweight champion. And then it's like, oh, shit, 
Now it's kind of shifted, and Zach Efron's still happy for his brother, but you he's can tell he's let down, momentum, right? Like, yeah, he's been working his and way then, towards it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that then shifts to another brother, and like, it just goes throughout. But Damn. there's so much crazy, crazy shit that I want to say. What happens? I mean, it's it's I guess facts and in real life what happens, but I feel like it might ruin the story. But no, it's oh, intense yeah, and brutal. And it's like just watching it. It's like this family's put through the ringer physically and mentally. Okay. And like, it's, it's cool. There's like reenactments of like other famous wrestlers that they're wrestling and whatnot. Uh, and it's just fun. It made me care about wrestling yeah, when yeah. I don't give a fuck about wrestling. Well, see, uh, see, I'm with you on that too. I, I just wanted to like chime in given in the past, uh, Adam and I had considered doing a, a short film or sort of project that revolved around like, like, the yeah. storyline. And so we did a little bit of research into looking into this sort of era of a lot of these wrestlers. And I kind of, I mean, we grew up hearing certain mm-hmm. names and then uh, we, we did that project or we were looking into doing that project. So when uh, stories like this come across, I still have so much respect for it. Oh, these yeah. are inter- entertainers that are doing something on a scale that so few people can really comprehend because they're putting their mm-hmm. bodies through these incredible paces. Like in order to sell, like you can't just say it's fake. I mean, they may stage yep. fights, but the oh, fights yeah. are real. Like they are beating the and fuck that's, out of each other. That's what that's happens what to incredible. Zac Efron in this movie. Zac Efron is doing a thing, but something ends up happening to him where he's out of breath and he physically is in pain and he can't get up to fully do what he's supposed to be doing. And then Uh his father looks down at him for that. And I was wrong. It's not Jeremy Allen White's character who then takes the mantle. It's another brother who kind of is more of a showsman and who takes the mantle. And then Jeremy Allen White takes it from him. But it's like you said, one of the things I really enjoyed when we were considering doing this, this mockumentary wrestling thing was just watching the video of like the wrestlers talking smack on camera, the intermissions, like talking to other wrestlers. There's a whole scene in this where Zac Efron is trying to deliver a line, but he keeps fucking up and just watching as they're Mm. retaking it and doing it again, him trying to just hit that mark and take it so seriously. There's a richness that is just so genuine that comes out of this movie and it was fun to watch. Yeah. Like this movie is two hours and 10 minutes, but it's not even a slow burn. It's a thrill ride. It's a roller coaster of a movie that just keeps going and going and going and you don't want it to end. And when it ends, it's like, okay, you can breathe a little bit. You can rest. I'm going to give the iron claw three and a half slices of toast. Oh, I don't know awesome. why not four, but it's so. very close to four. Yeah, nice. Check it out, I'm please. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Checking this movie out. I, when I, when I heard <laughs> about it getting made, I was just like, okay, you've caught my attention. But now, yeah. having heard that, you've sold me. I'm definitely, definitely going to this one. Nice. Now we both saw something. I saw it in the theater. You saw it at home, but it just came out in theaters uh, last Friday. Yeah. Yes, Someone this is a. This is a, a um, not a follow-up, but an addendum to a story cool. franchise in cinema uh, it, around the world, frankly, not just in the U.S., but um, mm. Wonka, starring Timothy Chalamet. I've spent the past seven years traveling the world perfecting my craft. You see, I'm something of a magician, inventor, and chocolate maker. So quiet up and listen down. Nope, scratch that. Reverse it. 
Mr. Wonka, I can see you're a man of great ingenuity. What are you doing? I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty, absolutely insane. Many people have come here to sell chocolate. They've all been crushed by the chocolate cartel. You can't get a shop without selling chocolate, and you can't sell chocolate without a shop. No daydreaming. What are we gonna do, Wooly? Huh. Huh? Huh. A double huh. Get the pencil and paper. Uh-huh. I got an idea. I know things haven't been easy for you. They're gonna get better. You promise? I pinky promise. That's the most solemn vow there is. Where do we start? A good chocolate chip is simple. Where is this? It's just weird. What's happening? Ooh, that's a chocolate that makes it fly. Well, let's find out, shall we? Who's for a hover job? <laughs> Nothing to see here. Just a small group of people defying the laws of gravity. Ladies and gentlemen of the gallery gourmet, my name is Willy Wonka. He's good. Too good. Pretty sure I've gained about 150 pounds in the last two weeks. You could change her life, Mr. Walker. Change all their lives. Run away! Every good thing in this world started with a dream. So you hold on to yours. Here we go, Mama. Mark my words! This is gonna be the greatest chocolate shop the world has ever seen! You're the funny little man who's been following me. I will have you know that I am a perfectly respectable size for an Oompa Loompa. An Oompa what now? Allow me to refresh your memory. Oh, I don't think I want to hear that. Too late. I've started dancing now. Once we've started, we can't stop. A, a sort of prequel to a Wonka storyline. Let's put it that way, I guess. Um, <laughs> Feels more like the Gene Wilder, but it's up to I have some notes. Yeah, I, oh, I have some notes about that okay. because we contradict several details. Um, sure, we in do. The establishment of the of this um, film, but setting that aside, I cut you off. Um, sorry. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. It, here we we have a very <laughs> cold start with Timothy Timothy Chalamet's character, Willy Wonka. Timmy. He's, he's on a he's on a ship covered in ice. He's been on the sea for seven years. He's been traveling the world. Um, he doesn't have any family left. He wants to put his roots down, and he wants to finally open his uh, confectioner shop. He wants to open his chocolate shop that was the dream of him and his mother's. And this is going to be the city. He does it. And I don't know what the city is because we are never told. It's just a place, and this is where it is. Um, right. It's immediately evident. Okay. It's a soft musical, not quite the mm -hmm. same pace as the Gene Wilder 1971 Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory film. Um, we get a we get a couple of quick songs sprinkled in. We meet a few characters. I'm like, okay, all right, we're we're setting the pace. New in town, town is obviously working against him. We have the three big chocolatier companies who are very well established. They're all in cahoots. We're not going to let any new strangers come in establish a foothold to try to sell their truck here. And he's quickly taken advantage of because of his kindness and his faith in other people. And he's an incredible debt is put on his head, like put on his back. Oh yeah. And he meets a whole other cast of characters who are also have similar debts 
that they are under. And we're, we're trying to figure out how to get out from under this debt, get the store opened. And that's really it. True. For two hours. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I know I probably tipped off my emotions uh, about the film right away saying it that way. But let's be honest. Every motion of this movie, like every like plot point, just moves at a snail's pace. We get some kind of clever jokes. We get some very interesting, by the way, incredible visuals. I think this movie looks oh, yeah. really cool. The set design is beautiful. I mean, every single location, I think, looks fantastic. The wardrobe, by the way, out of all the films we talked about in this episode Stunning. That, that I reviewed, the wardrobe is, is really awesome. Everyone looks really good. The cast is, is fantastic. Everyone is doing their mm -hmm. jobs well. What hangs me up is the dialogue and the story itself. It, it's, I'm kind of waiting mm -hmm. for the next moment to happen, and we are told what's going to happen, and then they do it. We get one True. little hiccup we've established all of this magic, incredible ability that apparently we've forgotten about. And now we're going to pretend like we can't do these things and go into the next scene. And that was kind of the issue for me going into this movie was like, okay, I just saw Willy Wonka do this awesome thing. Wait, now all of a sudden he, he can't or like, <laughs> and this is where, this is where the movie just started to get kind of grating for me is like every scene was kind of expecting you to forget what you could do previously. I guess. I don't know. Maybe I I, I, I rambled a lot, Adam. Sorry. I, I took over the Wonka review, but what's... You son what, of a bitch. I don't know. I just... Um, I well, had a tough time. I had a tough time. You know, I honestly... That's, that's exactly how I went into the theater expecting the movie to go. But for me, I had a totally different take. I thought this movie was full of whimsy and wonder and fun. And I felt like every scene played at a decent pace for me. Like, we're just learning more. More stuff's happening. Uh, like, okay. it felt it felt like like uh, like like Paddington because it was done by the guy that did the Paddington movies. Right, uh, right. Paul King. Fantastic. The cast, like you said, we got Timothy Chalamet, Hugh Grant, Olivia Coleman. Keegan-Michael Key, Sally Hawkins, and a bunch of great actors. But I don't know. I felt like it was whimsical. I felt like the music was just enough. I felt like, yeah, there was a little bit too much CG. Sure, they kind of contradict a few things here and there. But for oh, me, I really great. enjoyed every second. I, I like. For me, it was it was just having a good time and forgetting about the reality of life and just not even thinking about the, the original Charlie and the chocolate factory, Willy Wonka. Uh, I don't know. See, I just felt like if you look at it as its own standalone thing, it still works to me. I can forgive. I can like call it its own movie. Say the other ones never existed. I can forgive uh, several of the details like the Oompa Loompas. We've, we undid all of that storyline of like, yes, established yeah. of how we, how we got to them. That's fine. Let's set that aside. It was the, like, he has the ability to do so many incredible things. And then in the next scene, all of a sudden, he's panicking because there's some yes. negative reaction or someone's working against him. And there's True. not, like, he literally has shit in his pockets that could probably solve yeah. this issue. He's a magician. And it's not, like, okay. that was my Here's problem. Here's what I'll give you. Yeah, like, you're right. Nothing is at stakes here. 
really nothing exactly uh, he yes. escapes from this prison workshop that he's in Honestly. he uh he can flee from the law he, he he's not afraid of anybody he's illiterate but that doesn't stop him yeah no, uh, his candy nothing, doesn't look like candy not. he reads stuff in the movie he yes. reads the yeah. sign on the store like there's so many things that, <laughs> that the movie that's that's uh-huh. right yeah uh it looks like we're it was still charming i will still say yes it looks like we're on a set the whole time which kills me i will say when he's in the the baker's alley or whatever it is i feel like i'm watching the wizarding world i feel like i'm watching uh the uh the 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 prequels to harry potter the um fucking the the wild beast or whatever yeah yeah yeah. what's that no i'm yeah it's like we're in diagon alley no i'm with you there because that's that's something val even pointed out it's like this movie almost looks like it was made so that they could do a stage production of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. You know, like, and I'm like, and I'm okay with that. That honestly might be better. I think I would and it's love like, to go see that. And, and it's it kind of like it's odd. They're they're saving money so they can escape and pay their debts to Olivia Coleman's character, and but then they're like, hey, we pulled the money together to buy this shop, and hey, wow, we just turn this rundown place into the most wonderful place in the world oh wow people people grew hair and turned a different color and and things are going shenanigans like the world is getting destroyed because of wonder and whimsy what a setback we saw people Uh fucking flying after eating yes they were given for free and now we are going to take the interior of his fucking chocolate shop and smash it to pieces (laughs) it's just that Uh was there was just, uh, we're going to break into this i love the whole getting into the zoo meeting a- abigail i think was the name of the giraffe he needed sure. the giraffe's milk i loved that very whimsical dialogue yes. that he had with noodle and their relationship was fantastic and sorry folks we briefly lost adam but he will come back very shortly i appreciated all of these moments and it was very heartfelt it's just it didn't quite sync up for me. I wanted to have that sort of, you know, maybe call it uh, childhood bias. I really loved the 71 Gene Wilder film. Um, I also very much enjoyed the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory film as well. Very different experiences, obviously. Excuse me. But they were different movies entirely. I can do the same thing with this one. Let's just call it sure. a separate movie entirely. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it's just the story didn't quite hit me as hard as I wanted it to. And I, and here's the other thing, the songs, none of them really sunk their teeth in, you know, like I, I, as charming as the characters were, they felt a little forced. Uh, what's his name? The, the guy that worked at the, the cleaners, the dude that first picks him up and with the dog. Yeah, I love yeah. that. You know something's up. Oh, I, I loved all of that stuff with them. And their characters were fun. It's just, I wish the music was that. Nothing quite hooked like the original or the, the 71 film did. And they tease us with giving us a couple of the songs. The Oompa Loompa song. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the scores and the kind of, yeah. Yes. You know, and, and I, I get it. You tried to do it. I don't know. Even with Rowan, Mr. Bean himself couldn't quite save it for him. <laughs> <laughs> Although I love Rowan. I mean, I, all right, let me, I, I love that. The, 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 the setup of like the, 
the 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 hidden area that the that the candy the the chocolates left at with the nun <laughs> with the ninja type people the 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 it, the wackiness. Well, there's another thing you established. Like there's fifty chocolates, but then they just get in. and we just scare them away. And we sure one phone, true one phone call get like one chocolate. Like that's my problem. Is every like you said, every time we height, heighten the stakes, they are just whisked away. Um, the only yeah. time we finally have something interesting, they're drowning in chocolate. We get a very bitter fucking Hugh Grant swooping in, who doesn't even want to mm-hmm. be in the movie. That yeah, <laughs> saves the day. Um, I yeah, I wanted. I was very excited for this, and I got to be honest, I was let down. I wanted more. There's still mm. something to be had, and like you said, it's. You just watch it for what this is on its own. I like. I was touched. The stuff with his mother, and yeah, that that final scene when he. Fuck! I was just about. Fuck it. Can I? No, yeah, 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 yeah. Without saying it, yeah. but yeah, that final scene will say. The final scene was so touching and heartwarming, and I liked. We had moments I very much appreciated, but it was counterbalanced with these other things. Like I really loved Keegan Michael Key, but I feel like his character then got overplayed. You know, and it's yeah, kind of like, the the, the transformation that happened that was a little it, unbelievable. It was funny once, that. a lot of, but when they kept stacking mm-hmm. it up, and it was just like, yeah, okay, I I would rather see him do another song and dance. You know, like sure. really get back <laughs> into the movie. Um, but fair enough. I I appreciated the attempt. I appreciated taking this risk. I suppose, really. Um, mm. It just, I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, what, what what would your uh, slice rating be for this one, my friend? I think uh, for me, I went in expecting to hate it. I walked out really enjoying it. Uh, one, one, but before I give that, the one thing oh, that really stood enough. out to me, one of these characters who is very close to Wonka uh, might be associated with one of his enemies and someone who uh, might be against him later on in life. I, w- I was like, this character doesn't link up to what then yes. happens, in that my opinion. With, that really pissed me that off. That goes with the Oompa Loompa storyline. It's like, so it's yeah. an established brand that the consumer knows is a competing brand to Wonka, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. why did yeah. all of a sudden why do yeah. like we just we write it in a way right. if anything, another character should have inherited a certain amount or someone mm-hmm. else should have anyways. I, I'm with yeah. you there. Sorry. That so, pissed uh, me off. So oh I, yes, I, oh. I'll say definitely yeah. flawed. <laughs> There's flaws in this movie. Oh, sure. I will I want but, one little fun yeah. mention. Um, Val actually got to meet the girl that plays Noodle. Uh, nice. Worked, worked with her back in the day um, when she was still huh. up and coming. But uh, when we did Gem Sister stuff, when she was working with them, she was in that, nice. that circuit and they would meet at events and stuff. But anyways, thought that was kind of fun worth mentioning. That's kind of cool. I Being in there knowing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Flawed, 100%. Sure. But a good for time sure. and fun to me, that's what over overweighs the flaws for me. That's, I'm going to give it yeah. three slices of toast. And I saw it on the big screen. You saw it on your TV watching a screener. I think being in the theater kind of sells it a little bit more. That would help, yes. I especially, it like doesn't, we both said, posties, the visuals in this movie are fantastic. I As, as mm. CG and made up as most everything is, they did yes. a very good job of blending the world back into it. I liked 
the style of everything. The, sure. the time period was a little confusing, but I can forget yeah. that. It doesn't really matter. It's, uh, it's, it's just kind of fun to kind of let some of the props be what they are. The inventions that Wonka comes up with. I loved, I mean, we even pointed out the case where he keeps his chocolate, like mm, all the ingredients. Exquisite. Beautiful. Like whoever built that thing, man, they did a beautiful job making that. And right. As well as many of the other props in this film and as well, all the sets too. Um, it looked stunning. So it's, I still have to give it uh, some, some love, but obviously for my review, I didn't quite like, like it as much as you did. I'm giving it two sure. slices of toast. Um, Still not terrible. Not not unwatchable. If you're curious, go check it out. Like, please, it's it's worth at least giving it a look. I'm sure I'm probably not, you know, in the majority of the reviews of this thing. Uh, I I feel like it's let's face it, it's not made for thirty year olds like us. It's uh, it's probably made for a younger demographic than us for the most part. If we had kids, I think this is who it's hitting because there's references for us that we are supposed to catch. Sure. But the rest is there's adultish things happening here and fun for the kids. Like it's it's very much a family centered film. The mm-hmm. concept of family, uh, the family you choose and the family you have, are are themes definitely here. And uh, it's there's there's great times to be had here. Still, don't don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, True, may not be in love, but love is to be had in, in Wonka. <laughs> that's for sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. That uh, that I think brings us to the end, pretty much. That's yeah? it. That's our last review, folks. Um, if you enjoyed what we had to say, if you didn't like what we had to say, please go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Very least, mm-hmm. leave us some kind comments. Uh, if you don't want to go there, maybe you're not an Apple fan. Check us out on some of the social media handles. Uh, we've got a few yeah. of them. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Likely, you might be watching us in one of these places. Uh, at movie underscore toast or at Movie Toast News and Reviews. Um, please give us a follow, give us a like, leave us a few comments, at least let us know what you think of the show, and we'll try to make it as toasty as we possibly can. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, and like you said, we're at all these places. Every day there's new content coming out on these uh, social media accounts. There's a new video, a new review, a new Adam's trailer reaction guys. video. There's something. And so it's not just our podcast. It's many things. And uh, it's a fun time, I think, if if I'm not yeah, overstating yeah. it. There's something uh, there for everyone. I don't know. Like we said at the top of the show, we just had the film festival. If you guys are at all yes. curious, please uh, come check it out before uh, before it disappears. You got to check It's going to be awesome, gone very awesome soon. Awesome. Yes. It's it's a limited but window. Go, go search Movie Toast the Festival on YouTube or Movie Toast News and Reviews. You'll find our logo uh, and just check it out because we're pulling it down soon because we don't want people's stuff being up there too long. But we want people who didn't make it to the festival the work. to go and yeah. check it out because there and there's even some stuff that we did some uh, mini episodes in there. We got this little spoof of a Home Shopping Network where we're trying to sell some uh, DVDs and Blu-rays from Warner Brothers that we got. Uh, we're interviewing people who've won awards in, in our festival. It's, it's, I don't know, it's something different. Yeah, it's a fun time. And it's it's the biggest yeah. festival that we've done so far uh, out of the three years. So please check it out before it gets, uh, before it disappears. And then you only get to see mm-hmm. little fragments of it. Then you got to wait until next year, which is totally happening again. Yeah. Don't you worry. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Boy. But yeah. Like, uh, this was a very, a little longer than most episodes we've done recently, but we tag teams and stuff. We got in depth on a few things and, uh, yeah, 
if you don't want to do any of that shit that Dennis said earlier, you don't want to give us a review, you don't want to check us out on the social medias, we just ask one simple thing of you. Yes, uh, Please have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and stay toasty. Don't forget Kwanzaa. Don't forget. Don't forget. Happy Kwanzaa. And the Kwanzaa too, my friends, things. of course. Oh, by the way, did you did you see our mini episode? We had that poll that we're uh, talking about what should happen with the uh, Kang and Jonathan Majors. They finally announced that he's gone. He's out. He's no longer Kang. So Figures. what we once wanted he, to see happened, happened. Right. Once um, once he was convicted, he was found guilty. That kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Good thing they got that fucking uh, season two of Loki out when they did. Right. But uh. I, I'm still intrigued to see what happens if they follow with variants or if they just do a different Avengers or if they so many options. Like they're going uh, to get creative in the next one. It's they've done so well previously that yeah, I, I wouldn't expect any less. Right. Well, I guess uh, that ends it for this episode. Thank yeah. you all for listening and watching. Thank you for joining. Happy holidays. Stay toasty. Sign our Sammy.